0: Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham.
1: And I'm the chameleon, which you weren't expecting to hear, were you? <laughs> welcome aboard and on with the show.
0: Yes, welcome aboard and uh, welcome to another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Now you'll notice at the start there that uh, I introduced myself and we've got the chameleon on board. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we're down one member today. Shane's not actually with us today. Yes, I know the fans are very unhappy about that one. But uh, I suppose the good news is that, well, tomorrow he assures us he's going to uh, do a special episode of Carpool Rugby League. He's going to provide us with some tidbits and all of his tips. So, yes, as you could imagine, the fans be very happy about that one. But, um, look, we do have the Chameleon on board. And, uh, Griffo, we're a couple of weeks in. And, gee, we've seen some um, some interesting footy, especially the last couple of games this week.
1: Well, we've certainly seen some interesting rugby league. Um, we were looking forward to this season... Every club's fans, I think, were looking forward to this season, but uh, I think a few clubs, their fans, well, I don't know what they're looking forward to. I was going to say 2022, but I don't know if they'll be even looking forward to that because um, there's a few clubs who are really, really on struggle street at the moment. Yeah, a few, uh,
0: teams. A few teams are a long way back, isn't there?
1: There are. And, and and while you can only be as far as ten points back, like the Bulldogs, um, they're actually a lot further than that back in reality. Um, the fact that we're early in the season is masking how far some teams are behind the top sides. Yeah. Um, and just uh, just you, something you mentioned a moment ago, I'm really excited. We're going to get that special edition.
0: Oh, I know,
1: Shano. Going looking back, looking forward to hearing that one. Yeah. Special edition. I always get excited, no matter what it is, when someone's putting up a special edition.
0: (laughs) That's right. Limited edition, special edition. It's something to look forward to tomorrow, so if you if you hold out every week for Shano's tips and you want to know who he's got this week, uh, definitely make sure that you uh, check your podcast feed. Uh, we're recording this a day early, actually. We're on Tuesday today. Normally, we do it on Wednesday, so many of you will notice that it's dropped early, and some of you, by the time you're listening to this, you might even have Shano's uh, special edition available to listen to, Which um, yeah, which is something to definitely look forward to. Before we look forward to this week's games, Griffo, I might go over last week's games. I'll uh, give you the scores, and I might even start running through the ladder uh, just to give people an idea of how the competition's shaping up. Uh, First game last week, we saw the Rabbitohs 35 defeat the Broncos uh, 6 at Stadium Australia. Uh, The Manly Seagulls got their first win of the year, defeating the Warriors 13-12. Uh, We'll have a bit of a chat about both teams later on, but definitely a lot of talking points there, especially for the Manly side. Penrith continued their great run. They're still undefeated, and they're the only team that is undefeated uh, in the Premiership so far this year. Uh, 30 points to 10, they defeated the Raiders Friday night out at Penrith. The Titans continue their great form with a massive win over the Knights, 42-16. to The Storm, well... I suppose the only silver lining in this one for the Dogs was that they scored a few tries. There'll be something for them to uh, be excited about, but really, when you go down fifty-two to eighteen, there's not much to be too happy about. The Roosters are getting the job done without uh, Luke Keary in the halves. Sam Walker having a great game, twenty-six to eighteen over the Sharks. The Cowboys defeated the Tigers thirty-four to thirty in a you know, game of two halves. It was a funny one there at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, on Sunday, and to round out the week, we saw the Dragons 26 defeat the Parramatta Eels 12. So, if I give you a bit of an idea just in regards to how the ladder's looking at the moment, Griffo, we've got the Penrith Panthers out on top, as I said, the only team undefeated on 10 points. Then, on 8 points, we have the Roosters, Rabbitohs, Dragons, Eels. In 6th place, starting the teams on six, we have the Storm, then the Titans and Raiders rounding out the top 8. On 4 points, we have the Sharks, Warriors and Knights. On 2 points, in 12th position, we have the Broncos, then we have the Tigers, Cowboys and Seagulls. And at the bottom of the table, the Canterbury Bulldogs yet to uh, get a win.
1: Yeah, I believe uh, some of the betting agencies have a market up on uh, if the bulldogs will get a win this year and uh, if so when are they I think there's also a market up for when the Penrith Panthers will lose their first game um so I've heard I, I don't I don't bet myself but uh, on some of the uh, some of the rugby league programs they have there. Special guests from the uh, some of the various betting agencies and they talk about these things. Mm. Um, you know, uh, to be honest, it's hard to see the Bulldogs, where, where they get a win. Uh, they probably will. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Panthers, they uh, they look like, you know, a loss might be uh, some way down the track. Having a look at their draw, apparently, uh, the, the big favorite is for when they play South in about round 11 for the for the Panthers uh, to have their colours lowered for the first time this year. We shall see. We
0: very shall interesting, see. very interesting. We've even got a few teams that are, are surprising us. Um, I, I might ask you while we're talking about the ladder because a lot of Dragons fans this week have um, felt like reminding me that they're in the top four.
1: They are, and uh, I I had them, I'll be honest, I had them winning the spoon this year. Um I think I a lot of people are them him. down the bottom. I couldn't see them getting four wins all year, let alone in the first five weeks. I mean, you've got to pay credit to um to their their coaching staff, uh, under head coach Anthony Griffin. And uh but but even more so to the players themselves who are absolutely given everything they've got, and everything they've got is good enough to win rugby league games. Um and while they hadn't really beaten any of the the top sides previously, they came out at Bankwest Stadium on Sunday night and beat a team that was previously undefeated and a team considered to be one of the uh, the top 6 teams in the NRL in, in the Parramatta Eels. Um and they beat them fairly convincingly as well. So um a very, very impressive uh, effort from the Saint George Illawarra Dragons that I don't really think anyone saw um, no. that they will be in this position after after five rounds. No, I um, don't.
0: I don't. I, I think you're right. You know, because as you said, um, some of us had them for the spoon. Uh, look, another team that in the past few weeks people have been talking about uh, in regards to spoon contention. That's that's the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Now, I know we're not going to get too excited here. I'm not going to go on one of my rants from earlier on the year and tell you why they can make the eight. Um, but, look, they have had a win. It was a, it was a great win. And the reason I'm bringing up the Manly uh, win is one of our... Um, I, I'd say he's probably close to being our biggest fan. He's definitely our biggest Manly fan. I think you know who we're talking about. And I that's, do. That's Dan the Eagle. Uh, he's actually contacted us on Facebook this week, Griffo, and he's got an interesting theory. Now, if this, if, if this is, isn't a man putting a silver lining on a, on a difficult situation, I don't know what is. His new theory is as follows. Manly are the fifth best team in the competition, as they've only lost to the top four teams. So as you look at the latter, the only teams that Manly have not defeated are the ones that are sitting one through to four. So uh, Dan's theory correlation as
1: to why they're one, two, three, and four is because they played muddling. That's right, and, and 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 that's one
0: thing to look at it. Where a lot of clubs might look at it a different way and say, "Well, hang on, here's it. Here's a guaranteed win because uh, you know these teams. It's it's early days. I went through the ladder. It doesn't really mean much at this point. Um, at what point do you think, Griffo?" Does the latter actually matter? What round do you start looking at it and say, "Okay, this is this is starting to take shape"?
1: Oh, it matters every week, Graham. But in terms of when it's starting to take shape, I think you you probably really got to look maybe. It's, um, uh, Looking sorry, Griff, we ladder. just lost you there, mate. Can you oh, just say sorry. that last bit? What oh, around? yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I do have a bit of a dodgy connection. Um, am I? Are you with me? Yep. It sounded like a dog was barking, but... Yeah, don't worry. That's, that's the... That uh, was a dog uh, barking, was it? Yeah, yeah I'm
0: actually at uh,
1: Bulldogs training. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, oh, well.
0: Yeah, they're, 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 right. they're just about to go up to I, Townsville.
1: Just speaking of the Bulldogs, I think the ladder matters for them a lot. Um, yeah they're at number sixteen at the moment. And you know they they haven't looked like getting any points um competition yeah. wise. Um so I think the ladder's very significant for them. Um we've just we've just talked glowingly about the dragons. But if they're still up in the top four at round ten, and I don't know what their draw is between now and then, but then I'll start to probably take them a little bit more serious. Mm. Um, We have seen teams in in past years, including in some years, the Dragons themselves who've been uh, good in the early season. West Tigers are another team that comes to mind. Newcastle as well that have been up there early on and then just, uh, just sort of floated away. Um, I'm not saying that will happen to the Dragons, but as I said, in terms of where they are in another five rounds' time, um, if they're still up there, then I'll start to think of them as a, as a, as a top eight threat. But I, I don't quite at the moment. I don't think we've seen in enough games. Um, and I can't say that they haven't played anyone because they've now played Parramatta. Um, so I don't, I don't want to dampen what they've done. Um, but they've not convinced me yet that they're a top side. Yeah. It, it,
0: well, yeah, see, I, I don't...
1: They've, they've really impressed
0: me. I'll be honest with you, even against the teams that they've played, I mean, Parramatta was probably the big win last week, Um, but defeating Manly, you know, we, we don't really put that up there as being something that's too impressive. We know the Cowboys have their issues, but ad- admittingly, they're still winning those games. So sometimes we see teams that are not expected to be in the top eight. They're consistently beating those teams that they should be. Sometimes that's enough to make the finals. I actually think the Dragons have a pretty good draw. Now, if if we talk about their next five or so rounds, probably the danger game for them is um, the week after this one where they play the Roosters at... Uh, the cricket ground on Anzac oh, day. day. Yeah, that's clutch. that's going to be the big, big test. Clutch. But if I, if I look, I'll give you the next five games just to give you an insight as to what they're coming up against. They've got the Warriors this week, which we'll talk about soon. Uh, that Roosters game that I mentioned just now. Then they play the Tigers, Bulldogs, and then Storm. Okay. So they'll fancy themselves uh, their next five. They sh- based on their form, they should win three of those.
1: Yeah. Yes, they should. So, and if they do, they'll probably still be, if not in the top four, they'll be certainly right on the edge of it. So they'll certainly be well-entrenched in the top eight. Yeah. I think um, the so Yeah, and we'll, we'll the get way, a we fair expect, idea. We expect them to win now in those games. Um, but, yeah. But we've expected other teams to win games. And uh, certainly last week, which is where I... Uh, I took my joker round in one of the tipping comps I'm in with the double points, and uh, it was a bad choice because <laughs> the first time we saw a number of upsets. Um, but anyway. What did you end up with last week? About six out of eight? Uh, five. Five. I mean, five. Six wouldn't have been too bad, but uh, no, I missed, uh, missed the Dragons. I missed the Cowboys, and I missed the Sea Eagles.
0: Yes, yes. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think most tipsers would have got about five uh, last week. But um, yeah, look, it's, it, it's tough, isn't it? When you think, you know, and, and those games were probably the ones that you're were, you were pretty keen on. So you never know. Um, there's another round of games to talk about soon this week. But before we do, uh, I know we don't have Shano's uh, tidbits this week, but I thought we might... Um, we we'll have them tomorrow. We will have them tomorrow, it's definitely, we'll keep you waiting, they're they're due on Wednesday every week, you'll have the the tips and the tidbits, but uh, what I might do is I might go through some of the news items uh, that are making news this week in the NRL. Alright, so, the first news items I want to talk about, Griffo, um, well, I'll talk about these uh, two players, but I'll, I'll talk about Michael Morgan first. Um, Michael Morgan uh, has retired from the NRL. We'll also talk about Jake Friend in a moment, who's also retired, but I think we need to uh, give both men credit and talk about them separately. Um, look, Michael Morgan, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan... Uh, you'd have a lot of praise for him. you would be, be one of the players that uh, over the past few years you've been, um, you know, admiring, especially after the 2015 Premiership. We now know that uh, he had a shoulder injury that was, um, yeah, it was just too much for him and um, we've seen the end of his career. So it's a bit of a sad way for, for Michael Morgan to go out, isn't it, Griff?
1: Certainly. Yeah. Um... At his best, he was one of the best in the NRL. Um, And I think we saw that, I think it was 2017. Yep. When, um, without Jonathan Thurston in the side, who was injured, he orchestrated uh, for those guys, and uh, along with Jason Taumalolo, they made their way into the grand final very much against the odds. Um, beating teams they were not expected to beat. they got on a roll um, they were outclassed in the end by the storm but for mine that was uh, that was Morgan's greatest triumph what he did in 2017. Of course he did give that winning pass uh, well much equaling pass as it turns out to Kyle felt when they did win the grand final so he's he, he can look back on a career with some great highlights. I think he'll look back and and feel as though perhaps, you know, after those uh, halcyon days that it was unfortunate that injury seemed to step in and it was never quite the same player. But, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he represented his country at some stage, maybe off the bench. He was a very good representative for Queensland, especially again off the bench as a, uh, a guy who could play any number of positions, um, and a great, uh, a great career. Big loss for the Cowboys. Um, but you know, unfortunately, this game is played by humans, and humans are made up of lots of body parts, and one very important part of his body just, uh, unfortunately, couldn't get right. Which uh, well, hopefully, you know, he can go on and. Uh, just lead a pretty normal life um, without the rigors of uh, the physical demands of, of the NRL football field. But uh, you know he he can look he's got a lot to look back on and, and smile about. Yeah, like definitely.
0: Definitely, because you look at it and you know some would even say that he's, his best position was halfback, but he was he was in a team with Jonathan Thurston, so you're probably playing behind one of the best halfbacks we've seen in this era. Uh, he, he was one of those versatile players though, wasn't he? Because you think back to those Queensland teams, um, he played, I think he was selected at one stage at fullback, he's played there at centre, I think they even played him at 5'8", in the, um, the World Cup in 2017, so he was a very versatile player, um, I think he was a very talented player, oh, really, sure. when you think about the best, when you think about the Cowboys as a franchise... Um, you think about the best players to ever play for the Cowboys. The first name that comes to mind is Jonathan Thurston. But if you're looking at that next tier with your your Tomalolos and um, you know, I'm trying to think of other players in recent times. You know, oh, I, I know it's, they've had Matt it's, it's Singh, all three. It's um, you
1: know, Scott Bowen. Well, Matt Scott would be up Matt there. Matt Scott,
0: but it's really um, he's in the conversation.
1: Oh, he's 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 up there. He's in their top best five best players of all time, without a doubt. Um, yeah. you know, they had most of their best players playing in that side that won the grand final. Um, but, uh, yeah, he'll, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's had a great career. Um, maybe, as I said, maybe that, in, well, not maybe that injury did have a huge impact in, in, in. His longevity was relatively short, but that was due to injury, not due to the fact that he couldn't play. He was a very talented guy.
0: Yep. Yep. And another talented footballer, as I mentioned before, also retired this week, uh, Jake Friend. Uh, Look, he's he's a modern day Roosters legend. Uh, He played 13 years for the Roosters, uh, 264 games which is uh, it's a pretty good effort. That's a that's a lot of football, considering he's had some injuries. Uh, he was obviously a part of the back-to-back titles for um, for the Roosters. He also had that... Uh, it would have been back in 2013. Uh, so, you know, he's a very successful career. Another player who's played representative football, and I think he would have played uh, a lot more... Um, uh, representative football had it not been for Cameron Smith playing the same position. But Jake Friend's another player who I think if you're a Roosters fan, um, you know, you've know you got a lot of praise for, for this bloke this week.
1: Yeah, a Roosters legend. Uh, he'll, he'll be looked back as a Roosters legend. I think three premierships. That's, that's phenomenal. And they're not easy you know? to win. No, so many players don't win any. Um, he's won three. And he was uh, an integral part of uh, of the Roosters team over quite a long period of time. Came down from Queensland at a young age uh, into the Roosters system and was a bit of a bad boy there early on. Um, he sort of got punted there for about a year for his uh, off-field indiscretions, but turned his life around. Um someone took him in and he was, uh, I forget what job he was doing, but he, he knuckled down, he worked for a year in a real job. Roosters accepted him back and the rest is history. And you got, you know, I mean, we, we all make mistakes and, um, but this is a guy who, uh, who learned from his mistakes. And it obviously made him a better person because uh, you only ever hear of uh, people speaking in with of him in the highest esteem. Mm. And yep. um, you know, neither of us are Roosters fans, but both of us admire what this guy's done over, as I said, over a long period of time. Um, I think back to. Um, you know, maybe 20 years ago when, when the Roosters were sort of known as a transit lounge, um, a team without a soul, all that. So you never hear that anymore. Um, this is a, a serious football club. Um, and it's been built on guys like Jake friend that, that they've lost that tag as, as the transit lounge as a, you know, team with no soul. Um, and, and a large part of it is due to guys like Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, um, Jared Waria-Hargreaves, who have been long-term players at the club. Yep. Um, whereas in the past, you know, people came in and out of the Roosters. Um, but uh, you can only admire what that club has done in the last decade or so and, and there's no coincidence that in that last decade or so, this guy's been front and center for the Roosters. Yeah. Um, so uh, congratulations. I think he did play for Australia. He did. Um, before he played uh, Origin last year, he, that was his first year, His first game was last year in Origin. Had to wait because, as you said, he, he sat behind Cameron Smith for many years. And I think there was a game where Cameron Smith was out and it might have been McCulloch. Who, who got the spot at that time so um you know he can look back and and he can say he played the game at every level and was very successful at every level so uh, congratulations uh jake friend and uh, i dare say he'll probably be part of the roosters club uh looking forward
0: yeah definitely definitely a great clubman and as you said um Really, in this modern era, the Roosters, they're, they're starting to become one of those teams where players want to become these clubmen. They do have some great clubmen. And as we said, he had that one uh, game for Australia in 2016. And last year in 2020, played the three games for Queensland. So uh, congratulations to Jake Friend on a great career. Moving forward onto other pieces of news this week. Uh, the big story going around the last few days is in regards to the Cronulla coaching job. Now, Cronulla is reportedly moving to uh, axe John Morris. They're looking at maybe happening this happening immediately, uh, even though he's, as you'd imagine, contracted to the uh, end of the year. There's a lot of talk around town that Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be the head coach, and uh, the Panthers' assistant, Cameron Seraldo, could end up being his assistant. Uh, this, Griffo, by the sounds of things, is definitely going to happen at... Um, season's end but we're also hearing talk about this happening um you know as soon as possible for the sharks what are your thoughts on on the possibility of new coaching staff at the sharks as well as it may be happening before the um the season's over
1: i think it's crazy um are are they panicking when they don't need to well they are now um I I just think it's crazy. I mean the players love this guy. Yep. Um most of well I want not say a large number of these players have come through the junior system with John Morris as their coach and we're seeing the benefits of that. Uh I think they've been going okay this year. Obviously last week they they were leading the roosters. And, and did fall away at the end, and the Roosters got them, but uh, it's the Roosters. Um, I think they've been playing a good brand of football. They they should have beat the Raiders, but for, you know, a number of missed um, attempts at goal, I think they're going okay. I think they're a big chance, were a big chance of making the eight, but, you're saying to to this team, with the actions that are happening, we don't give a stuff about 2021. Um, why yeah. is what I can't understand.
0: And it's interesting. It's been handled
1: badly, you know, absolutely yeah. badly by this administration.
0: Yep, And I, I think it's interesting too. It's As you said, it's almost like they're throwing their hands up and saying, let's just hit the reset button. But they've they've still got this year to play, and they're still that... round five. And that's what I mean. And it's almost as though they're looking at the the Sharks players that are off contract at the end of this year and going, oh, we need to start something. I'll I'll tell you what, they're actually losing a lot of talent if these players aren't re-signed. Now, they probably won't be able to re-sign everyone. I've got a list here for you, Griffo. There's 14 players that I know of that are off contract at the end of this year. Now, as I said, you would imagine that from the Sharks, the only thing I can try to piece together is that they want the coaching staff to come in now and start to develop with the new coaches. Okay, who do you want to keep? Who do we get rid of? So on and so forth. Because on the list, they've got Josh Dugan. Okay. Uh, well,
1: I would say he's the sort of guy that you, you probably don't need to re-sign at his yeah. stage of his career.
0: Because you've got to look at good player, but value for and money. And he's on
1: good money. He's on good money too.
0: Haradi's uh, the other bloke that's off contract.
1: Where he's going, okay, isn't
0: he? Uh, yeah, and he's sort of had to. He's just filling in where he's where where he can. Sean Johnson. Now we know he's injured, but he's
1: off contract and a quality player. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he led the league in in try assists last year, and unfortunately got injured towards the end of the season. But he was he was having a stellar season. Now he. he I've heard him on a couple of couple of different programs. Um, and he's really upset about this Morris situation even before yep. the latest developments. He's very supportive of the coach and, and there's a guy who's, you know, who's, uh, who's been one of the, uh, one of the top players in the NRL coming out and supporting this young coach. Um, he won't be there next year. Um, one way or the other, because, uh, Again, a big supporter and a very vocal supporter of John Morris. Yeah, and uh, Sean Johnson is a quality player that will be picked up somewhere else.
0: And if you look, he, he, just to name another few, there's Will Kennedy, Nene good McDonald. Um, Nene,
1: we haven't seen too much of for a couple of years, but Will Kennedy's been in really good form this year. Matt Moylan, there's a big name. He's come back well this year, Moylan. He's again. Um, the fact that he's got this big price tag might be, uh, you know, the Sharks might be looking to say, well, okay, we'll sign you, but we're not going to give you this much money. Uh, Yeah. And he's not going to get that sort of big money anywhere else.
0: No. Uh, Kyle Patterson's on that list. Toby Rudolph is on that list as well. Uh, Talakai, Tolman, Connor Tracy, who's been filling in here and there for them. Um, he's he's been very good. Um, Braden yeah. Trindle and Aaron Woods so looking at that list there's a lot of money there that uh, could be freed up to be spent elsewhere but well, uh, that's the
1: thing they're going to have a huge amount of cash to splash um, so guys who are coming off contract at the moment uh, someone say like an Adam Reynolds for example yeah well yeah. well He'd be, he. I think he would be their major target, yeah. particularly if uh, we see the the end of Sean Johnson at the Sharks. I think uh, Reynolds, who would you know, he's going to be in big demand because the Broncos are interested. I would think the West Tigers would be really interested. Um, so he's going to. I think he might be the the beneficiary of a bidding war. Um, yeah. Cowboys I, with Morgan gone, there's another team. Yeah, there's another yep. one, yeah. But I would think with the young family, um, Reynolds would probably favour staying somewhere in Sydney. But I don't know him, so yeah. Um, but he's certainly a guy who's going to be the beneficiary of of, of something like what's going on at the Sharks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, and the other thing. I, other thing at the Sharks, too, to mention, um, just with those players um, coming off contract, the one player we know that's going to be there is Kevin McInnes. He's signed for next year. So um, I, I, I'm still trying to make, make sense of it all, of what's going on over there. A uh, lot of things need to happen at the Sharks. A lot of decisions need to be made. Um, very high up within the Sharks organization, and uh, it's definitely something to keep our eyes on, not only to see coaching movements but player movements there at the Sharks. But
1: and the thing that really gets me, Graham, is yeah, why would you want to punt him now?
0: Uh, yeah, and that's th- I don't know. That's the thing. As I said, the only thing I can try and think of is whether they want to get a new coaching system into now and right we're this year off. But about, it's too early. We're talking
1: about Fitzgibbon. And you're talking about Cameron Serraldo now. I, Rookie it coaches. Seems, it seems that Fitzgibbon is is going to be the head guy. Um, Cameron Serraldo was is is the number two guy at Penrith, doing a fabulous job. Hmm. Um, I guess it's it's a decision he's got to make. But one thing I do know is that neither the Roosters nor the Panthers are going to allow these guys to leave this year when they're both in hot competition to to win an NRL competition. These guys at the Sharks must know something that I don't. Yeah. But uh, we saw last year with with Barrett. Barrett signed. it It was much later in the season, but he signed on to take over the Bulldogs job, but he stayed at Penrith. Penrith didn't let him go, but he didn't want to go. Yeah. Because they had a premiership to win.
0: Yep. And that's a fair call. And the thing is, too, you look at it, this may all well be the Sharks saying, this is what we want, but there's a lot of moving parts in here that you've got. I mean, from Penrith's point of view, Penrith undefeated, they're looking at going one better. You would not disrupt that for anything. They they could not not offer Penrith. there's, There's no situation where I see that happening. So... We'll keep an eye on it, but um, yeah, I I can't make sense of it either. Uh, But one thing we do know in regards to uh, players moving is um, Josh Maguire. Josh Maguire is uh, making a mid-season switch from the Cowboys to the Dragons. So the Dragons in good form. It'll be interesting to see what addition Josh Maguire makes to this team. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Griffo, where uh, Josh Maguire made comments in a post-match interview where he wasn't happy with what was going on at the Cowboys. Basically said it's the same crap that's been happening for three years. And, um, well, he's found his way out and he'll be... um, Yeah, he'll be available for the Dragons' uh, clash with the Warriors. Interesting.
1: Um, You know, he's been a a successful guy over the years. Um, Controversial. In many respects, Um, he's got an association with the coach there, which goes back to his days at the Broncos, um, similar to Ben Hunt's uh, 5'8", Corey Norman, and uh, Hooker McCulloch. So it's interesting that that Griffin's brought all these guys together who are 30-plus. Um, but so far it's working so he obviously believes Maguire offers something the Dragons forwards are going really well Um, weren't expected to do well but uh, currently they are so uh, any team that comes up against the Red V knows they're going to be in for a game of Rugby League that's for sure Maguire is is one of these very uncompromising players that uh, is just going to add to what, uh, what that forward pack is already bringing
0: yeah, and um, the just to give you a bit of an update on what's happening around the Dragons team this week, as we're. Uh, they've only just been announced as we're recording this. He's uh, number 20, so he's on the reserves list this week, Josh Maguire. So interesting to see if he finds his way into the St. George team. All right, well, um, we don't have any tidbits, as I said. That's a bit of news. So. What we'll do, Griffo, I might uh, throw over and give you um, a bit of a chance to tell us what caught your eye this week with uh, Griffo's Grab.
1: One of the great songs there. Um, I love that song. Uh, It was formerly the introduction song for Carpool Rugby League. Um, Still a big part, still a big part. Um, You know, I tell you who don't have time for broken hearts, the Gold Coast Titans. (laughs) They've got no time for the hearts of the Newcastle Knights because they broke them last week. Um, And that uh, is where my eye was grabbed most. Um There were a lot of things that I considered this week. Um, I did consider the the uh, the Penrith Panthers, and uh, when they pressed the goal button in the in the final ten minutes of the first half, where they just blew away the Ma for one of the great individual tries um, very early on in the piece against the West Tigers. Yeah. But it's the Gold Coast Titan, um, Mr. David Fifita, who uh, grabbed my eye the most last week with an absolute powerhouse display where he just ripped apart the Newcastle Knights. And Kalen Ponga is waking up at 2.30 a.m. every morning just having nightmares (laughs) about Fifita either running over the top of him or running around him, or he just, uh, well, uh, 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 fifth feet uh, was dynamic. Unbelievable. Um, talked in last week's podcast about getting the guy to run onto the ball a bit more and being flat. Well, his first try came from, he, from a tap he took, about 10 metres out, and he just went straight through him. Um, the second half, he was scoring tries from long range um, out wide, using his pace, using his step, using his power. I mean, he is the ultimate package of, of back row devastation. Um, David Fifita. He doesn't involve himself as much in the play as their other big name, big Tino Fasua Malawi. But what you get from Fifita is explosive. And what you get from Fifita is points on the board, which translate to points in the ladder. And uh, I know the Gold Coast Titans almost had to break the bank to sign him, but it'll be he's delivering in spades. um, And this team is a serious football team now that they've got arguably the two best young forwards in the competition in uh, Fifita and and Big Tino, uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. You've got to stand up to those two guys, and you've got to defend them if you're going to beat the Titans. But, uh, yeah, in in a week where there were many things that could have grabbed my eye, and it was Fafita's three tries that got the nod uh, ahead of that.
0: yeah, and the thing is with, with Fafida, I know they were expecting big things when he went to the Titans, and, and often when clubs sign a forward, they, they might just look for a meter eater, someone to make their tackles, just, you know, someone that they can um, rely on each week for those stats, but this guy can create something out of nothing. He's He's... He's almost become one of those go-to forwards that that can create something special, and there's not many of them in the league. Uh, you know, is another one that can do it, but he's the type of bloke where you know you just don't know. I'd hate to be defending against him.
1: Oh, it, you you just don't know. Like, do you go around his legs? Do you go around his? He's he's not the tallest guy, but he's he's an absolute powerhouse. He's he's like a rhinoceros. I don't mean that in any defamatory way. I just mean in the way that he, the power. That Physically. He has. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. Yep. Just, and just a steamroller. It blows my mind too, that how a bloke that size can have so much skill. We've said about oh, it, players in the past, but
1: it's, it's got footwork as well. That's the yep. thing. It's, it's not just, you know, it's just not just run over the top of you. He can go round you. Yep. Um, just an amazing talent um and we didn't see much from him last year because he was out most of the year injured um as i said the gold coast paid an absolute huge amount for him but it's money well spent i think
0: yep no totally agree totally agree and especially you know when you look at the fact that um yeah, he's only a young, only a young bloke. Yep. So He
1: looks old, but he's young.
0: <laughs> Plenty of football left in him. Yeah. All right. Yep. Exciting player, exciting. Definitely. So, well, we're basically going from the uh the highs of rugby league to the lows of rugby league and uh this week for for Graham's Gaff. All right. Well, this week for Graham's Gaff, I've uh I've actually gone to uh, something that happened off the field. we have got uh, Friday, Thursday night, it was, South Sydney played against the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, in that game, it was great to see young Dean Hawkins make his debut for the Rabbitohs. Now, my gaff from uh, that game actually comes after uh, Dean left the field. Uh, we saw him... Um, after the game, we see scenes of him celebrating with his with his friends and family, which is great to see, and also uh, fellow players from his junior club. But Hawkins is actually going to be unavailable for one to two weeks due to an injury sustained after the game jumping the fence to get into the crowd to see his friends. He's actually uh, gone crowd surfing, fallen off, and uh, injured his knee. On the uh, the fence, he's. Uh, if you haven't seen this one, uh, might be worth having a look online. If you don't like gruesome images, it might be one to stay away from. But uh, he um, he required fifteen stitches uh, just below his knee, and whilst uh, you know, some people might say. Yeah, good on him for, for celebrating. It's one of those things where you got to remember that you're a professional, and uh, unfortunately, he won't be available for uh, a week or two. So this week, Dean
1: Hawkins, he gets uh, Graham's gaff. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, that is a gaff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I've seen a hawk or two, and they all can fly, but this one can't, obviously. So, um, can you believe it? Uh, yeah. The joy of playing your first game, uh, celebration, and wow, well, it's all turned to something in boots. Yes. Um, yeah. No, it's not good he news. He won't be in boots for a couple of weeks. So, no. Um,
0: now they reckon well, a week or two. It was a pretty deep, deep cut. I think, I think his leg, like on his knee, fell on the um on the fence at the stadium there. And uh, yeah, 15 stitches they had to wow. put into him. And I think he was lucky too. That there wasn't any further tendon damage or muscle damage there. So yeah, one or two weeks out, but uh, he'll learn from that. Lucky for lucky for South that Walkers back this week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, um, that's something he'll never forget. His first uh, NRL game.
0: No, definitely. He'll have the scars to prove it. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, we've got plenty of football to uh, to preview this week, so we might as well get straight into the, uh, the games that are happening this week. All right. So, kicking off the round we have on Thursday night, as always, big game this week. Um, Massive game for the Broncos. Uh, also, to a big game for the Panthers. Uh, Brisbane hosting the Panthers, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, 7.50 p.m. I say it's a big game because this is something that fans have been calling for for a long time. We've been talking about it on the podcast. Anthony Milford has been dropped, and his place has been taken by Brody Croft. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that's going to make a difference, Um Tessie Niu makes way for Jesse Arthurs as well in the centres. We know that Ben Teo had that injury last week. Just to give people a bit of an update, uh, he's going to be out for about 12 weeks. He's got to have surgery on that bicep injury he got against the Rabbitohs. So Ethan Bullimore's coming in. Uh, Patrick Carrigan's returning from suspension at lock, which is pushing Tevita Pengai Jr. to the second row. Uh, As you could imagine for the Panthers, uh, considering they have no injuries, they're going to announce the same 17 that played last week. Um, Injuries for them, we've got to keep in mind that Dylan Edwards, he's probably due back around round eight, and Apicorosau hoping for round eight, but probably more likely round nine or ten. Griffo... um, the Penrith Panthers, they're basically expecting to, to continue this run. And the Broncos, they're coming off another big loss. Milford not in the side this week. I personally don't think it's going to be enough. They've got issues elsewhere. Do you think it's a step in the, the right direction, though, for the Broncos?
1: I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I don't know if what they've got there is any better. Um, We'll find out yeah Guinea uh, and the Bulldogs. um I like Xavier Coates there's not too much else in that back line that really worries me to be honest yeah um isako he's, he's going okay he did well against the bulldogs Kenna uh, I'm not convinced he's an NRL standard player likewise Arthur's definitely david mead his best days have passed him croft rejected by the storm not too many people are um didn't had big raps on him i don't think we've seen anything to say that you know that that he's a proven performer at nrl level so i think the backs are going to be under some pressure hmm If you look at their forward pack and their bench, you'd have to say, you know, why aren't these guys doing better? Because that's a there's some names there, there's names that's it, there's names. Um, Lodge, Turpin, Haas, Glenn, Pungai Jr., Carrigan, Asiata, Flegler, Bullymore, and Ricky. All of those guys offer something. Um, Ricky's been dropped to the bench he's a really good attacking player but he's he's come up short in defense against a number of teams um so that's why he's i think why he's being dropped Pangai junior we don't often see him in the second row he's either a lock or a front rower but they're going to have him playing on the edge
0: um yeah, looks like I, a big pack all of a sudden then doesn't oh, it, it when you him, they're huge and even alex Glenn, i mean I just don't know what's gonna get these this team firing.
1: Yeah, look, they, they can go they can go with sides for, for maybe a half or a bit more than a half. But then when the blowtorch gets applied late in the second half, they haven't been able to go with any decent side.
0: Yeah, um, they just crumble.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, I I hope I hope Penrith win by 60, to be honest.
0: The the potential's
1: there. Well, potentially, but, you know, you've got to do it out on the field. That's right. Um,
0: I'll tell you one player, though, for Penrith, if we look on the flip side and just, just moving to them, we mentioned Milford coming out. They've got a change there at number six. I want to talk about the Penrith number six. I'm going to start the push now and start the conversation that... Jerome Luai is the best 5'8 in the competition at the moment, and he's a New South Welshman. Is it a fair call to say that a luai cleary Haas combination later on in the year for the Blues could be, um, could be the answer, given that they play together week in, week out?
1: Well, if they maintain the level of form, then absolutely. Um, you, you know, Origin's still a while away. Luan was brought into the squad last year, and I couldn't understand it at the time. Given they had three five eights already, and he didn't see game time, um, he's in better form now than he was last year. He's uh, he dominated the Raiders there in the in the latter part of that second or first half, I should say, when um, he threw a beautiful ball to Matt Burton, who and Burton showed his class when he stepped in uh, towards the, the hole and, and, and finished off really well. And then Luai, on about the second or third play in a set of six, chipped through uh, grub a grubber kick along the ground. No one was expecting it, least of all the uh, Canberra Raiders. And Luai scored. He's got that in his game. Um, the, the two complement each other very well because Luai is more, much more of an off-the-cuff sort of player. Whereas Cleary is the, uh, the game controller. Um, these guys have been playing together since they were quite young, maybe 15, 16 at, at junior rep level. So they, they know each other's game really well. If you're looking for a combination, um, and these guys are certainly that, but, you know, as I said, origins a little while off yet you'd have to say I's probably the the form five eight in the nrl at the moment given that uh, we didn't see cody walker last week walker's been in great form as well um he's not talked about much in in origin calculations now um we, we you know we've heard a bit about moving White into number six um I don't know what you do with Jack White. And uh, this is after what we saw last year. So I think mean, Jack White is either six or he's or he's out. He's out because yep. fourteen will be Papinelson. So I agree. Um, you just can't pick Jack White at centre. You know, what we saw last year, he he, he had a terrible series. Yeah. Uh, and I say that as a fan of White. I, I think he's an amazing player, but. He's either 5-8 or he's not there. Um, he's in your squad. You might make him 18th, man, but but I think they're looking to bring Pappenelsen off the bench.
0: Yeah, and, and you look last week with, with, with Penrith. They had their opportunity against the Raiders' uh, halves and Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary stood out. I've been really impressed with Luai. Um, another player from Penrith who I suppose he got in the media for... Um, the negative, uh, the negative side of things after the Raiders game was Stephen Crichton. Uh, he's, he's moved to fullback, obviously, due to necessity. Um, I mean, we didn't make too much of that that incident with uh, Tarpane. I know he got fined and uh, officially charged by the NRL. Um, not a lot in that, though, Griff.
1: Oh, not a lot, but I didn't like it. It was unnecessary. I agree, too. Because... Um,
0: the thing is, Tarpenny was just minding his own business. Yeah, he was minding his own business.
1: Yeah, yeah. look, I wanted to invite him to the party, but yeah, um, dumb but harmless,
0: I'll call it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I just didn't like it. You know, I'm a Penrith supporter, mm. but I just don't think they need to do that sort of shit. Really, um, you know, guys that come to mind with that sort of rubbish in their game, like the original Hopper, mm. Kenny Edwards. You know, I don't want to associate him with those sorts of guys. To be honest, that I, I think he's—he don't need that in his game. Um, I just like to see him concentrate on his own game, and because he's got a few uh, few flaws that need to be ironed out. Um, he made a number. He did come back. I'll give him credit, but he had an awful start to the game. Number of mistakes. He's out of position a few times. I don't think he's a number one, to be honest, at this point of his career. Uh, but to his credit, uh, when he did chime into the back line, he set up the first try with his, uh, with the uh, flick pass to Charlie Staines. Mm. He did that one in from the wing, and I think that's where he excels. Yeah, uh, he
0: almost moved into a centres position well, in the did. last pass for the winger, so it really yeah. felt natural for yeah. him,
1: I'd imagine. Uh, I know and I just think Charlie Staines is more of a natural number one because he's played there all his life but um, it is a stopgap measure at the moment till Dylan Edwards comes back yeah but yeah I've seen nothing from from Stephen Crichton at fullback to tell me that that's where his future lies Um, but in saying that they're still winning and uh, they've, they've been winning without one of their superstars really lifting, uh, doing too much at all. Um, I, I mentioned even before last week's game that, you know, we'd been quiet um, the first few weeks. We saw mistakes against Manly, we saw a number of mistakes against the Raiders. He did have a really good second half. Uh, he is good with the ball when the ball goes in the air. Um, he gets up high, but, yeah, it just concerns me when you've know when you've got a good side up against them, um,
0: they'll, they'll they're going to find him
1: out. Yeah. You know? They're going to find him out um, positionally. And uh, Penrith haven't leaked many points at all this year, 26 points in four games, five games, five games. So um, I'd like that to continue. I don't think it's going to continue for too long. Once you start playing the good sides,
0: no. Um, so I'd imagine in this one you're you're tipping the Panthers. Uh, I
1: will be. I'll, I will be.
0: What sort of as a as a Panthers fan? What's what's the talk? What sort of margin? I mean, a, a win is non-negotiable in these types of games. Is this a type of game where, as a fan, you look at it and say, "Gee, we should put we should be winning by 20, otherwise, it's a you know, we haven't achieved.
1: You can say that. Um you can say that from the perspective that all the other sides are putting the Broncos away. Um So th- at the end of the day, I just wanna see the two points. Yep. Um I I, I just think at some point in time, the Broncos are going to turn their season around because there's so many quality players they've got. Um, uh, I just hope that doesn't happen this week. I, yeah. I, want to see, <laughs> I do want to see a big Penrith win. Yeah. Um, and again, it, we talked about sides applying the blowtorch. Um. We know that the Panthers have that in them. When they click, they're very hard to stop. Um, and better sides than the Broncos have, uh, have been beaten by Penrith. So uh, yep. I think Penrith win, and, and I'm hoping, you know, 20-plus.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that uh, Penrith win this one and win it well. Uh, yeah, know, it, it is funny, too, you know, because we talk about teams winning by certain margins. I think that just shows... The divide in the competition, but I'm um, you know, I'd be pretty confident that, uh, that Penrith can get the job done here, and I think it'll be a big score. You know, I'd, I'd even say there's the potential for them to, to put 30 or 40 on them from what we've seen in previous weeks. So, uh, Panthers for me, yeah. All right, our second game of the weekend sees the Knights take on the Sharks Friday at 6 p.m. Uh for the Newcastle Knights, um some big ins. Uh just looking at the teams now. The name that stands out is Bradman Best. Um Bradman Best's already back. Wow. Yep. So that's that's a really quick return. Um Kurt Mann is in the side, and also uh Jacob Saifedi. So the Knights will be happy to uh to see those players come back. Um as we know, the, the big uh the big injury for them has been uh, Mitchell Pierce. He's he's going to be out for, for quite a while. Um, for the Sharks, Wade Graham and Josh Dugan are both going to miss the game after failing their HIAs last week. Uh, Connor Tracy, he's going to move into the centres to replace Dugan. Uh, you've also got Nakora coming back from suspension to fill that gap in the back row. And Talakai coming onto the bench. Uh, Connor Tracy, we know he has played that role in the centers a little bit this year, and he has been good. The Knights last week, um, they came up against that big pack of the the Titans. It was probably the second week in a row they got really steamrolled and bashed up through the middle. Kalen Ponga came back. One man can only do so much, Carney Griff.
1: He... um... I didn't see all the game. I I, um, I was listening to the first half on the radio. I saw a second half. Um, he, uh, as I said, Fita gave him nightmares. Um, he'll be better for uh, for having last week's run. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and looking looking across the rest of their side. Um, they welcome back Bradman Best. I think he's going to add a lot more spark to this team and a little bit more strike power because they have really been struggling in the past few weeks to um, to find points outside of you know individual brilliance from Ponga and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, look, he's, a, he's an amazing player, Bradman Best. I, I'm just concerned that maybe they they bring him back a little bit too soon. I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but I, I thought he was going to be out for quite a lot longer than. Uh, I just probably missed maybe two or three weeks of so talking mm. about six weeks originally. I thought.
0: Yep. Yeah. No. Very, very quick turnaround there. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope for the Knights that this isn't one of those situations where they've oh. named him and then come game day, uh, the fans show up at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium to realize that he's been a late scratching because he he really he needs to be in this side if the if the Knights are a chance.
1: He does, but he needs to be in this side for every week. Yeah, true. If, if, if he if, needs if to be good, if he's, if he's not right, yep. And he gets injured again, then they're they're making a big mistake. Uh, yeah, that's my concern. Um, if I was a Knights supporter, yeah, you you love me. Look, you get onto the you know the website to check your team on a Tuesday afternoon, you see. He- his injury is not right, and, and he, you know, he re-injured himself. I, I just, I, I wouldn't be risking it. No, but I guess a desperate times call for desperate measures, and, and I think they're in a bit of desperate times at the moment, Newcastle.
0: Yep. Yeah. No. Definitely. And look, they've they're desperate for a win, and they're coming up against the sharks side who will be super confident going into this game. Um, we talked a little bit then earlier on about the Sharks and the players that are coming off contract and, you know, going forward. What have you made of the Sharks this year? Where do you see them not only fitting in this week in regards to taking on the Knights, but are they a team that you think could push eight, push for top eight contention?
1: Well, I would have said yes before, you know, the latest uh, hyster- hysteria that's been going on there. I mean... They're, they're just shooting themselves in the foot with for, for this year. Yep. Um, before, if, if this nonsense wasn't going on uh, in the Shire with the administration, I'd yep. be tipping Cronulla this week for sure. Yeah. But I, I've got to think, how is this going to impact on on the plays this week? I mean, this is all played out in the media. And these guys... From everything I've heard, are behind Coach Morris, um, and they're thinking, well, you know, we want to play for our coach, but we don't know if he's going to be here next week.
0: That's right. The board want to get rid of him. It's Just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's madness. Crazy. As, and the Sharks start. I know they they lost to the Roosters last week, um, and the Roosters are, are, are rebuilding around Sam Walker, and we'll talk about them in a moment. But they started really strong. They come out, they scored the first couple of tries in the match, and um, yeah, the Roosters had to play a bit of catch up and and chase the Sharks down. So we know they do have um yeah have the opportunity to play well in patches. Yeah. I just don't know how much consistency we get out of this team, though.
1: No, well, we don't. I will tell you what, I was um, I was down at the Rocks last uh, Saturday night. It was the first time in a while, you know live music's allowed you're allowed to actually stand up and jump around a bit so um so I went down there and I, I was I was at the pub in the rocks watching the game on on the television screen um and sharks were going well they were up and um uh, uh, looked like they were home I went outside where the band was for when the band came back on and I didn't go back in and see the score, and I went around to another pub after the band finished. I'm in the line there There's a guy with a roosters uh, roosters gear on. He said, "Oh, you know," I said, "Oh, you know what ended up happening tonight with the game?" He said, "Yeah, I was there. Roosters won. I, I was <laughs> quite surprised because yeah. it looked like they were getting pumped when I when I was watching, um, but." Uh, I just think for this week, I honestly don't know who I'm going to press the button for. I'm actually thinking I'm going to tip Newcastle simply because of the, the dramas with uh, the Sharks. But there's nothing about the Newcastle Rugby League team that, that makes me want to tip them. No. Given given what they've been dishing up for a few weeks. Uh, I'm really torn with this one, Graham. Which way do you lie?
0: I think I'm going to go the Sharks <laughs> purely because I've been talking up the Knights the last few weeks. They keep disappointing me. Um, I I still worry about the Knights without Mitchell Pierce, even though you've got Blake Green there, who's a very capable halfback. I just, you know, I, they're, they're another team, the Newcastle Knights. I look at that, that forward pack right through, even to the bench, and think, yes, I'll name value. This team should be doing well. Now that they've got Ponga and Best in the back line, there should be some points there. right? And I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, as we said before, if Bradman Best is good to go. If he doesn't play, I think that, that swings it in the Sharks' favour. I'm, I'm going to go with the Sharks. Uh, I'll go off what we saw against the Roosters last week and, and say that there was probably enough promise there to show that they might be able to do away with the side. Um, a little lower on the table, so I'll, I'll go the Sharks this week.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not convinced either way at the moment. If I'm asked to press a button now, it, it's it's for the home team, but it's only that way not because it's at Newcastle because they've dished up some trash in the last few games there, but yeah. it's just the turmoil going on with the Sharks. I, I'm not. Because I've been impressed by what they've done on the field. I just don't know if if all this off-field stuff is going to affect them. Um, you can't think it's going to affect them in a positive way. So I might end up tipping them, but... Very much so for me.
0: So you just cut out there, mate. Knights?
1: Uh, knights, currently if the coin comes down the other way uh i might i might switch but um probably nights but I'm, I'm not convinced just yet
0: yeah fair enough it's a tough one all right the next game of the week is an absolute blockbuster uh, the Melbourne Storm will be hosting the Roosters at Amy Park in Melbourne on Friday night. So um, we'll, we, we could call the Knights-Sharks game, if you're watching it on the te- telly, a bit of a curtain raiser for the big game that's going to happen uh, late Friday night. As you could imagine, um, Craig Bellamy's not going to do much with this side. The same 17 players have been announced to. Well, they ended up scoring nine tries against the Bulldogs. It was a pretty dominant performance there in good form. Uh, The Roosters, uh, hooker Ben Marshke he's uh, going to the judiciary. So as we record this on Tuesday, he hasn't been to the judiciary yet for his crusher tackle. So um, we'll see how he goes there. Um, Should he be successful, he'll slot in at number nine to fill the void left by Freddie Lussick. He's got a fractured arm, so he should he should be out about six or eight weeks. Um, it's very interesting to see what they might do if uh, he is found guilty because um, they might have to dig pretty deep to find someone to play hooker. Uh, Lindsay Collins, he's coming back from that head knock and the ankle injury. It was a double whammy for him uh, in that game against South a couple of weeks ago, Um well, Adam Kieran, he's the other new bloke in the team, so you'd imagine he would probably come in if they need someone to play hooker. This game here, Griffo, um, absolute blockbuster. If you look over, you know, the last five, ten, even you know, longer years in the NRL, these teams have been towards the top. We know that the Roosters have a few injuries, most notably Luke Keery out. Sam Walker's come in and done a bit of a job for them. Um... Big step up in competition, though, this week against the Storm. What have you made so far of Sam Walker uh, heading into this Roosters game against the Storm?
1: Well, Graham, the first thing I want to say before I get on to Sam Walker is who would have ever thought you couldn't find a hooker in the eastern suburbs of Sydney? (laughs) I (laughs) know.
0: you just go down
1: the cross and, uh, you know. Well, I know know, there's been these lockout laws and all sorts Uh, of things, but... Who would have ever thought? Who would have thought? A hooker-free zone, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, it's a bit like the crisis the Knights had last year with you know <laughs> the hookers continually going down. And there's no pun intended there. but um, <laughs> uh, My apologies if I've offended anyone. Um, but um, uh, this is always one of those games you circle, isn't it? These are two teams of they've been the teams of the decade. Uh, well, you know, the, the teams, uh, between them, they've won most of the competitions that took place, um, between 20, uh, 20, 20 2010 and 2019, I should say I uh, would throw in 2020 there with the storm last year. So, uh, these have been the benchmark teams, great rivalry. Um, you mentioned Sam Walker. Um, who would have expected anyone's going to come in at his age and just be putting on tries? Yeah. Uh, to win matches, he hasn't looked out of place, has he? Not at all. Um, not at all. If any team's going to find him out, it's going to be the Storm. Yep. Um, they've got a guy in number thirteen. Um, Nelson Asofa Solomona probably the biggest man in the NRL who is just going to be targeting Sam Walker he's going to keep running at him and running at him Sam Walker looks like a little schoolboy, um, but physically he just don't look like a rugby league player but talent wise I mean the kid is he's doing great things for the Roosters and and I'm sure for for the Roosters club that's not an unexpected thing because you know they've they've seen what he can do for a few years Um, he'll get plenty of protection from his from his puck but the the Storm will find him Um, they are the masters of of finding out any potential weakness in a player Uh, more so I guess when Cameron Smith was in the team um. but uh, I, I've got a tip you know, I've got to say uh, I'm going to go with the Storm it's in Melbourne yeah, yeah. Um, and the Roosters have you know the, the only really poor game they've played was, was against uh, the Rabbitohs but that's a key isn't it the, the Rabbitohs the only heavyweight side they've come up against this year so far and they were soundly beaten if mm. not on the scoreboard, certainly, um, in the game itself. Uh, This is a big test for the Roosters. Um, Not at full strength. Uh, It's important for them, I think, that, you know, that Moshki wins his case. Because if he doesn't, I guess the options are possibly to put Victor Radley to nine, but that nullifies a lot of what he's good at when he's a dummy half. Um, I guess you, you've got Adam Keer in there potentially. Yeah. He's, um, Yeah, I guess he he becomes nine. Um, he's a notion. I just don't know. Uh, they've got Jesse Mascu, which is the, the second of the Marshke brothers. I don't know if he's a hooker or not, um, but uh, yeah, I, it's a it's a big big thing. You, you really is such an important position, um, and that that could be the Achilles.
0: Yeah.
1: He'll. Uh, Of course, not not go down like a dog, but uh, but the Achilles heel is is this hooker position for the Roosters. I think uh, the Storm will exploit that. Um, The Roosters they were behind a long way on on, against the Sharks. They were good enough to come back and win the game, but uh, the Storm are you know they're a couple of steps up in class from the. From yeah. the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks yep. and I think in Melbourne I think they win this I think uh, while the Roosters have got a good pack and, and a good bench um, I think the Storm Pack will probably uh, take control I think the, uh, the the clash of the fullbacks wow
0: oh yeah I can't wait for this
1: and, and and Tedesco yeah that's that's worth the price of admission alone. Both of those guys are just amazing players to watch. and You've um, got Ado Ka, you've got Munster, Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes has been really good against the Roosters over the last few years. I remember the game last year at the SCG where I'm not sure if it was man of the match, but he would have been close. Um, with his running game, he was able to find the try line himself. I just think they've got few too many guns for the Roosters. But i tell you what, if the Roosters can win this game, that's going to give them a massive amount of confidence. Mm, people will actually... take them
0: seriously if, you, if they yeah, get this right, one. A, yeah. a lot
1: of people coming out and saying the Roosters can't win the comp without Kiri. But i tell you what, if you can beat the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, you, you're a fair chance of winning the competition. Yeah, They're the premiers. Yep. yep. And um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those games of the year, really, um, when you've got two of the absolute top sides coming up against each other. Which way are you leaning, Graham?
0: I'm leaning towards the Storm in this one. Um, number of reasons, just with the Roosters, as you said, I, I think back to that game a couple of weeks ago against South. And even though people say, oh, they copped a lot of injuries that night, uh, there were a lot of players that had to go off. Even in the early part of that game when they had most of their full team and they had, you know, okay, yes, their game plan probably wasn't the best that night going out and targeting certain players, but they couldn't match it with them. And the Roosters so far have been a team that are beating the teams they should. They'll get a lot of confidence out of last week, especially with Sam Walker. Uh, His performances have been absolutely phenomenal. But uh, Storm, they've, been, they've, they've found form. They had a couple of weeks there where they went off the boil, but um, it all comes down really to the, the class of uh, Munster and Pappenhausen. That combination is just phenomenal. And I, I just think there's, there's too much talent there. They're hard enough to beat at Melbourne um, you know, at, at any time. It's a tough road trip for the Roosters, so um, yeah, I, I, I like the Storm in this one, and I can, I think Ryan Pappenhausen's just, he's just the the informed player in the competition, and as you said, I'm really interested to see this battle of the New South Wales uh, number ones between he and Tedesco. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, Storm for both of us in that one, but gee, it's going to be a belter, I think. All right, following on from that, we move on to Saturday's games. Uh, we actually have a, an interesting venue for the, the first game of Super Saturday. The Sea Eagles will be at home to the Titans, but uh, they're adopted home out at Mudgee. They're going to be at Glen Willow Oval. So, uh, regional r- rugby league moving out to the regional areas. Uh, for the Sea Eagles, finally... The Seagulls fans rejoice. Tom Trubojevic makes his long-awaited return from a hamstring injury at fullback. Uh, this is the first time we'll see Tom Trubojevic in the team since round 19. I think it was last year. Um, it comes pretty at a timely, um, I suppose, point in time in a sense that the player they had covering at fullback, Dylan Walker... He's actually out for a long time, they're predicting, with a hamstring injury. Um, look, many said that he wasn't doing uh, the best job there. He was definitely out of position, but um, it's, it's probably quite timely for, for Turbo to come in, given that Walker's not, um, not available. Um, we also see Cade Cuss coming back into the team. Uh, he missed out on last week's game. Um, David Funas in the reserves, he was coming off the bench last week, so a few minor changes there again for Manly. Um, other injury news, uh, Jack Gajewski, they're looking at him possibly being out for the whole season with his foot injury. Uh, they're still looking into that one, uh, Griffo, but, um, we're not sure yet if we've got, to. Uh, um...
1: Oh, well, Liz Frank, is it? it, it the, the,
0: the, the, there's a possibility there, so they're looking into that one, so... We might have a Liz Frank injury. I'll keep you up to date
1: if that is the case. As you'd imagine, every time every time I hear of Liz Frank, (laughs) it takes me to Amsterdam. You know, (laughs) sitting on a on a boat going through the canals of Amsterdam. When I hear of Liz Frank, Liz Frank. Yeah, I wonder if they've got
0: a museum for uh, for foot injuries
1: in the uh, capital no, of the netherlands cousin uh, or sister on frank <laughs> i think she's somewhere over there was uh, but uh yeah uh, oh, no the dreaded liz frank
0: goodness me so let's look yeah big injury for him they're, they're basically looking at the season uh for the titans as you'd imagine same 17 they were good last week they really impressed um and we talked a bit about their forward pack, but one player I know that you're really keen on, and I think he's just an absolute superstar. Um, these days, they call him Alexander. AJ Brimson, this bloke has some talent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's a very, very good player. Um, even though they won quite well last week, his, uh, his input was, was not huge yet they were still able to, to win well. Not that he had a bad game by any stretch. It's just, you know, in the past, particularly last year, if, if the Gold Coast were winning, as they did towards the end of the season, he was the main man. He's still in a very, very important part of this team, but they can win in different ways now. Mm. Uh, I, I don't see Manly having the quality to match the gold coast titans. And, and it's an interesting thing to say when you historically, um, you know, Manly has been a, for most of, of the last number of decades, Manly has been a pretty solid club. They've been down on a few times, but, you know, it's almost more with the, uh, the upper echelons of the, of the NRL. Mm. But this is a serious football team now. Um, Built on a very strong forward pack, um, they've got good finishes in the back line, as you mentioned the class of Brimson. But I think uh, I don't think the Manly forward pack is going to be able to match the power and the aggression of uh, of the forwards from the Gold Coast. Manly would have got a lot out of last week, getting that win. Give him a lot of confidence. You're going to get another confidence boost with the number one Tommy Turbo back. But how I just much? Did.
0: How much does he add?
1: Well, he adds. He adds a lot.
0: But, but if the Fords aren't laying that platform, we, we may not see that, will we? Is that is no, that well, what you're sort of getting at?
1: Yeah, but I, I. It's always you know until I see him play two or three games and and prove that you know he's mentally as well as physically mm. back to his best, I think the jury's still out on, on Tommy. not that he's a, you know, he's a proven class player, but we just don't know. when I, mean, I don't know when he came back last year, um, towards the end of the season, he had an absolute shocker. Mm. Wasn't talked about much because a guy like him, he doesn't get a lot of criticism because he's a fantastic player and he's a good bloke. But he had an absolute dreadful game when he came back from injury. He obviously wasn't 100% right at that stage, but he was dreadful. Um, I hope that he's 100% right. Um, he needs to be, if Manly are any chance in this game. And yes, they are a chance, but I don't see him winning. I see the... And and I see the Gold Coast. Uh, I'm convinced they're going to make the eight. The Gold Coast. Yeah, I'm convinced too. Manly does not make the eight.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's for mine the guys from uh, from the holiday strip that. Uh, that we've not visited for quite a while, have we?
0: No, we'll have to get back up there now that uh, no. now that COVID's over. It's a lovely place to visit. One of our favourite holiday destinations, the Gold Coast. And um...
1: I'll tell you, I promise you this, Graham. On uh, <laughs> that next time we're there, I'll not leave you locked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, much <laughs> much appreciated. Um, yeah, I will get the key next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, <laughs> plenty of excitement on the Gold Coast, but. You know, for once, it's on the football field. The um, They're just a great team to watch. I was watching that game last week, and it was just so entertaining. Um, They play a good brand of football. All, this is just something we haven't seen from the Titans in the past. They were a team, if you remember, they went... You know, I know COVID had an impact, but they went a year without winning a game. They They're nothing like that team. They've got... Big forwards, they've got skillful forwards, and they've got good finishes. I mean, we just don't associate games where there's eight line breaks and 30 tackle busts with the Titans, and that's what they ended up with last week. I'm really excited, and I think that um, they win this week. They definitely win. I'm very confident that they beat the Manly side, and um, yeah, I, I, I just think that they've got too much class, too much skill, and uh, Manly won't be able to to contain it.
1: Yeah, another player that I didn't mention before, Graham, that is a former Seagull, who I rate very highly in the centres, is Brian Kelly up against his yes. own club. Yep. Um, I think he does damage.
0: Yep. No. Yeah. And we talked about in previous weeks how good he's been. So, um, yeah, Titans for both of us in uh, that one. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next game. Uh, Continuing with Super Saturday, the Rabbitohs will host the West Tigers at Stadium Australia, 5.30 p.m. In regards to team news, um, big plus for the Rabbitohs with Cody Walker returning from his suspension in the number six jersey. That'll push Marshall back to the bench. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, Dean Hawkins, he'll be unavailable due to that gash that required fifteen stitches. Uh, we still see Liam Knight, just to give people an update. He's still been ruled out um indefinitely. But looking at the the squad, they've got him uh, named at number nineteen this week. So be interesting to see if we get up get an update, I should say, on um on Liam Knight. It'd be great to see him make uh or be apart and take the field this year at some point after the uh, issues he's had with concussion. Um, Jake Simkin finally gets his chance to start at dummy half for the Tigers. Uh, Jacob Little is going to the reserves. Um, Kapoa's replacing Joey Leilua in the centers. Um, <sighs> Other changes we see in the side. Um, Oikamanu is swapping with Musgrove and Tom Amone in the reserves. So interesting to see Tom Amone there. Um Oikamanu in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, look, there's a few changes here, Griff, but um, the Tigers, that first half last week. That was so disappointing. It was a game of two halves for them. Um, they they got completely outplayed by the Cowboys. Michael Maguire gave them a massive rev up. They came out. They had a chance to snatch the game. But, geez, it's going to be tough this week against South, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, you can shuffle the deck chairs, whatever you like. But if you're playing the South Sydney Rabbitohs, it doesn't matter who they put out and what yeah. position, they're not going to win. No. Simple as that. Um, What they need to do is is show that they're competitive. Um, Coach Maguire, I saw somewhere a comment that, you know, this is not who the West Tigers are in relation to, I think, how they played last week. Well, I disagree. It's exactly who the West Tigers are. They are for a long, long time have been a shambles. Yeah, on and off the field. Um, I I don't think they're a chance. To be honest,
0: you got to be pretty brave to tip them this week against an informed Rabbitohs. Well, or mad.
1: It's very, <laughs> very few teams. I would be tipping to beat the Rabbitohs. Yeah, um, and this ain't one of them. Let's be honest. If you can't beat the North Queensland Cowboys, who had been pathetic before last week, absolutely diabolical, the Cowboys. I saw them in round 1 live. They were awful. They only got beat 24-0 that night, but they were dreadful. Should have been more. Um, And the West Tigers couldn't beat them. No Tal Malolo, just... uh, Again, you can go through this side individually and and say, oh, yeah, he's a pretty good player. He's a decent player. He's got something to offer. Put the jersey on him, trot him out, and uh, collectively you don't see the best of him. Hmm. Now, whether that's up to the coach, I don't don't know. I don't know. But there is no way I can see him beating the Rabbitohs this week. No. It's a chance I'm wrong because it's a two-horse race. True, but for South to lose this game, you're going to need somebody sent off. You're going to need someone breaking a leg. You're going to need uh, a lot of things to go the way of the West Tigers for for uh, any hope of a victory this week. Yeah, and Cody South's Walker's
0: back this week too, and yeah, and just to it. make
1: it a little bit a uh, little bit more difficult for the Tigers they bring in um one of the form players of the competition um it's it's just going to be uh, as I said if they can be competitive in this game I think that's the best they can possibly hope for
0: yeah and Latrell Mitchell we've seen uh, some good performances from him over the few last few weeks he's gone to the equal top of the Daily M leaderboard that combination he's got with Walker and that left edge with Johnston finishing, I I just can't see the the Tigers' defence being able to uh, to cope with that. Considering they they leaked you know thirty something points against the Cowboys, I just think there's too much class in this South team. And yeah, I think this is a pretty straightforward one, Griffo.
1: South Sydney Rabbitals, for sure. Yep,
0: yep. Now nah, you you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, South win this week in this one. All right, so rounding out uh, Super Saturday, we move to Canberra. Um, oh, I think this will be a good game, this one. The Raiders taking on the Eels. Uh, there's a big bit of team news for the Raiders. Now, we know that um, Charles Nichol Klockstad wasn't able to finish the game last week. Uh, he's, uh, he's out of the side. He's got a neck injury and there's a bit of talk going around that it's more than just a um, just a HIA and that he could have a neck injury that could keep him out for a little while. So it's definitely something to to keep an eye on there. But what we do know is that he won't be available this week and Caleb Aikens will play fullback. Uh, Curtis Scott's making his comeback from his rib injury, which will push Sebastian Chris to the reserves. Um... Josh Hodson with his uh, hip injury, he's uh, been named to take on the Eels, but we know that he was really struggling also too uh, the other night. Um, Ryan James is out of the 21-man squad. Uh, Joseph Tarpany will play Locke. Gula will come onto the interchange bench uh, for the Eels. Dylan Brown has been suspended for a game for a crusher tackle, so Will Smith's going to take his place. We also see Ryan Madison come back into the side after missing three games due to concussion, so Isaiah Papali will go to the bench, uh, and Hipgrave has also been recalled to the bench after being left out last week. Uh, both of these teams coming off losses. The Raiders come up against uh, big competition in the Panthers, the Eels were surprise losers last week. They'll be looking to bounce back. The big news, I think, for the teams uh, around the Canberra Raiders is the loss of their fullback, Charles Nickel Klockstad It felt like last week when he went off, Griffo, uh, the Raiders, um, I suppose, lost a gear. Uh, what impact do you think that uh, that loss of Nicol Klokstad going to have this week when they take on Parra?
1: Yeah, It's a big loss. He's one of their key players. We bring in Caleb Aykins. Caleb Aykins is a nice and safe player, um, but I just don't think that he's going to trouble the Eels in any way. Um, he'll um, he'll catch the bombs, you know. He'll he'll run the ball back well, but he doesn't have the class that that Shans Nickel Clarkstart has these are two teams that were beaten soundly last week, as you said, Mm. both of these teams considered uh, to be in the, uh, the upper echelon of uh, NRL teams in the, you know, in the top six teams. But one of them after this week is going to be licking some wounds. Um, and, And we'll have some questions about just where they're at. Now, the Raiders are, are uh, I think, on six points. Parra's on eight. Para win this game. The Raiders are then, you know, they're three and three for the season. And that's not a good start.
0: No, you're all sudden um, in that scrap with those teams to, well, that, to make absolutely. the eight.
1: And I think they got lucky against, as I don't want to labor the point, but they got lucky against the Sharks. But they got they the did. two points there. Um, so they they haven't put their best foot, foot forward yet this year. They are at home, which probably makes me lean slightly towards them. But yeah, they're going to have to produce something better than what they dished up last week um, in attack. Yeah, that, it's good for them. They've got Curtis Scott back. He's a good player. Um, the loss of Ryan James... Is, is a bit of a loss because he's, he's been good. Hmm. Does give Gula the opportunity. We haven't seen Emory Gula for a long time due to injury, and but he's forced his way back into the 17. I, I do lean towards the Raiders at home, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. It's they will tough one. have that home crowd, and the Viking clap will be... Uh, will be there we we It'll saw performed it by
0: uh, their own fans this week oh, yeah
1: and, uh, it was very interesting i i found it quite amusing actually i, I didn't <laughs> participate i should have um but there was massive participation in the viking it happened several times um the one that got sort of talked about the most i think was after the the creighton tarpony incident yes i'd been going quite a few times before that um and uh, apparently they were somewhat offended that, um, you know, I heard that the, the the Viking clap wasn't respected. Now... I wonder uh, how the Icelandic football I, team feels. <laughs> there's, there's a few things, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, like on social media, uh, I think Fox the pop it up a little bit, and lots of comments from from uh, people about, you know, Penrith are now the most hated team and like that. <laughs> um, I thought it was quite amusing, particularly what I – the parallel I'll give it is that there are a lot of people who go along to the uh, professional wrestling um, like WWE <laughs> style, and think it's yep. the real deal. <laughs> but, um, and I did that back in the eighties. It was the WWF in those days. Before yep. they, uh, you know, before they before got sued they by the panda. So, yeah, but yep. so, <laughs> but I had a great night. It was great entertainment. But but it was funny that, that that so many actually believed it was real. Well, there's a a, a group of people who believe that the Raiders, Viking clap, is something that is to be respected, Um, like it's some sort of cultural uh, thing that you can't touch, maybe a bit like the Maori Haka, for example. (laughs) Now, my interpretation of, of what I've seen about Vikings is they didn't respect anyone. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care about what anyone thought. They just went in and did their thing. Now, now they've had once, their
0: chant rated
1: Yeah. <laughs> and as you mentioned, these guys did not invent the Viking clap. No. Nah. Um so the, you know, the the Icelandic soccer supporters uh are, are up there in the northern hemisphere thinking, "Who are these guys? Who are these guys? What they got to do with Vikings?" Um so <laughs> Yeah, if they couldn't see that it was just a bit of piss-taking happening, then <laughs> some people out there would uh, have a good look at themselves. Um, yeah,
0: I think it was hard to take the loss and uh, you know, that was uh for but, them a bit of bit of salt in the wound and yeah, uh Yeah, but I th- I think
1: even their their cool captain Jared Cronker might have had some comment about the Viking club, but come yeah. on, mate, just worry about what's going on on the field. Uh
0: Well, they uh, weren't happy a few years ago when um I think it was uh Michael ennis was the uh yes, the, after <laughs> the the leader. Final. Yeah. yes down in canberra the um he and the uh the the shark supporters definitely uh definitely made it clear that they had no respect
1: for the viking clap no i think <laughs> come on I'm sure that the majority of people in Canberra know that it was just a piss take, but yeah. But if you if you can if you're gonna really get fired up about something like that, well, maybe you've got to go and see someone, maybe have a word to someone. <laughs> they might be able to give you a bit of help. But uh,
0: they can flash the lifeline number or something. I you know. Know. Um, it's, it's, but yeah.
1: realistically, uh, getting back to the football side of things, the Raiders they, they need to switch on this week. Yep. Um, uh, if they do go down here then then I think they're in a little bit of trouble. Um Conversely, Paro were high flying before they came up against the Dragons, and, and, and they weren't real good last week. They need to bounce back. Um, I certainly still rate the Canberra Raiders somewhat a bit of a side than, than what are the St. George of the Warren Dragons. Um, I'm going to tip the Raiders because it's in Canberra. Yep. And I think they really they need to win this probably more than the Parramatta Eels do. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Canberra need to bounce back in this one. They need to bounce back at home. They need to show that they can beat a good side. Uh, Para too, they'll be looking to bounce back, but I just think that this could be that, even though it's only round six, this could be a key turning point in the Raiders' season where if they don't get on track now... Um, they worry about... They've got to worry about being on that, that slope and that slide going downhill. And it... Um, yeah, these are the games that we expect the Raiders to win over the past few years. And, you know, I mentioned nickel clocks I've been out. They've still got a great That's side. a massive
1: loss. It really is a massive loss. It's, it's,
0: it's big. It is. It's it's massive. And, look, if... It, it was enough to really turn the game last week... Um, I think they've still got enough in this side to win games like this one, so especially at home. So um, I'll tip the Raiders uh, to beat the Eels, but um, yeah, can't be confident in this one. Alright, so moving on to the following games on Sunday. This is an interesting one, Griffo. We've got the Dragons taking on the Warriors. Um, It's a home game for the the Dragons. They're coming off that great win, and as we mentioned, they've they've had a good run. They've won four out of five. Um, Their 17 is the same. The only difference that we see is uh, Josh Maguire being named on the the reserves, he's in the squad, so we'll see how how that plays out. But after the performances of the past few weeks, you'd be pretty disappointed to be a dragon and lose your spot. Um, they're, They're talking about Ben Hunt possibly returning about round eight, so that's one to keep an eye on Dragon's fans if you're wondering where Hunt is at the moment. Uh, considering how well they're playing, some of you may not be wondering where he is at the moment. For the Warriors, uh, Peter Hiku, he's uh, taking the place of David Fizzatua who's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, he uh, suffered that injury last week in the game against Manly. Um, Montoya's been named after that head knock last week, so something to keep uh, an eye on there as well. Uh, we've got Curran getting a start in the second row with, uh, Katoa dropping out of the squad. Afoa and, uh, Tanua Brown are available after serving their suspensions, so Afoa's got his spot on the interchange and Tanua Brown in the reserves, so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to promote him later on. We had a bit of a chat about the Dragons earlier on there, Griffo, and um, how they've been going this year. I want to ask you first of all, though, about the Warriors. We were pretty impressed with them in the opening rounds, and it feels as though over the last couple of weeks, we haven't quite um, gotten the performances that we'd hoped for, uh, You know, especially last week, uh, going down that tight one to Manly.
1: Yeah, I've been disappointed with them the last few weeks. Yeah. Um... Was disappointed with their second half against the Roosters, and uh, disappointed overall that they couldn't overcome the, the Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah, I know they've got a lot of players out. Most, uh, most uh, the the biggest issue for them, obviously, their big off season signing, I over Blake, but he's going to be he's going to be long term injury. They've got mm. to rise up. Um, they're also missing Tavita Harris, Chanel Tavita Harris. Um, and they're both their centers that their number one centers are, are missing, but, uh, realistically, if you ask me before the season, uh, who's going to win this game, I'm, I'm hundred percent warriors, but that's changed. Uh, I'll be tipping the dragons because they're a form side and the warriors are down on form. They're down on yep. a few players, um, the Dragons will get a lot of confidence out of beating a top flight side in the, in the Parramatta eels. Warriors went down to one of the wooden spoon contenders in the Manly Seagulls. You go on form. There's only one team wins this game. Uh, and that's, that's the team in the, in the, the red V I'm going to stick with them. Uh, they played really well against para they are high on confidence. Um the Warriors Yeah, they weren't real good last week, although as I said, the second half against yeah. the Roosters. Um I I I tipped them to make the top eight and uh, I do think that uh, they're a long way off that now. Um yeah, they've still got a good side on paper, a good side, but not a great side you'd have to say. Um without without Finua. Blake there um, uh, I've got to stick with the Dragons um, if they if they continue to play the way they are and yeah. uh, their forwards have really aimed up more so than I thought was possible it will, as you say, be interesting to see with uh, with Maguire, do they bring him in um, they've also got Billy Burns listed there they're recruit from the Panthers listed on the reserves. So now there's uh, there's a bit of depth in the squad. Um, I, I think they're more than likely will stick with the same 17. But uh, you think with a guy like Maguire, they're not bringing him down from North Queensland just so he can sit on a bench. Um if he doesn't play this week, I would expect that he'll he'll come into the side next week uh, for the big clash against the Roosters. I, I uh, I'm going to say Dragons, Graham. What are you going to say?
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Dragons as well. With the I mean, they've been good. They've been winning games. They were um, very impressive uh, last last week and. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought, you, know, you look at some of their backline players, we knew that they had young, uh, talented players in this backline, and we're actually starting to see the form that we'd expect from players like a Dufty or a Lomax. Um, I-, I think Matthew Dufty was-, was excellent last week. For the Warriors, my concern, uh, we know that um, Harris Savita is not there at half, and I don't know how well Nikarima has adapted to having a different halves partner. Not only has, you know, the the loss of the halfback impact on the Warriors, I feel as though he struggled to to strike up this, this partnership with Sean O'Sullivan. That's still looking really clunky for me at the moment. I, I don't think they're clicking as a halves pairing. So I, I think that's going to have a massive uh, impact on this game and um, it, it's going to definitely influence this game in the Dragons' favour.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So Dragons for both of us. Who'd have thought, a couple of weeks ago, who'd have thought that everyone's tipping the Dragons?
1: Yeah, not me. I wouldn't have thought.
0: <laughs> All right, so the final game of the round will take place at 4 o'clock on Sunday. Um, I know Shano's not here, but oh. <laughs> in his absence, are we are we confident enough to call this the poo-in-boots game of the week? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, well, we've actually got the Cowboys coming off a win, Um, It is good news for the Cowboys. They won last week. They've actually got Jason Tamalolo uh, named to make his return from that hand injury. So we do see a reshuffle in their pack this week. Um, We've also got Justin O'Neill making his return from injury in the centres. The hammer is out. Uh, He's got that ankle injury, so that's going to... Big loss. Yeah, that, I think that is a big loss, too. We saw some um, some real skill from from him this past week, and we know he's a quality young player. Um, for the Bulldogs, uh, Josh Jackson. Uh, he's out after suffering a torn carpet training. Uh, so Luke Thompson's going to come in, replacing him at lock. Chris Smith moves from the reserves into the interchange. Um, Matt Dury's going to get a spot in the squad. Looks as though Lachlan Lewis um, will have to wait until next round. I cannot see his name on the list. So we'd imagine he's going to be out for another week at least with that head knock. The Bulldogs, um, I suppose, one plus for them last week, Griffo. They did score points. Uh, it was very exciting. More than they've
1: scored for the rest of the year, Graham. It
0: was unbelievable. They scored more in that game, and it was against quality it was opposition. It was an, an absolute onslaught of points for the Bulldogs by their standards against quality competition in the Melbourne Storm. So Cowboys score a lot of points too. Um, geez, you, you, you can't confidently back either of these teams Um, but the cowboys i think their fans are going to be confident given that they come off a win last week and they scored a few points but it is a concern that they were letting in quite a few in the back end of that game as well griffo what do you make of the cowboys
1: well it's not a team that excites me um but they've got a couple of players there who, who can get the job done, get them over the line. I think principally Scott Drinkwater. He, uh, he, he's he got a touch of class about him. We saw last week uh, he scored a great individual try. He also set up uh, at least one other. He's quality. Um, Holmes seems to be getting a, a little bit more form. Um, it's disappointing the hammers out. I think he offers yeah. a lot more than what Justin O'Neill does. Um
0: I'd love to see him in a in a like imagine him on the wing or in the centres for the Storm. Imagine well, just the 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 talent that would I mean the talent's there but just the opportunity to show that talent if he was in a top quality side.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I can't get excited about either of these teams. What time's this on 4 or 5 Sunday? Yep. you know i've got to say i'm very disappointed about that graham because i'm going to miss most of the games this week due to where i'll uh, i'll be up in Cairns. i'll actually be home for this one <laughs> game shift and a decent game to be put on this <laughs> time slot because maybe set uh, the uh
0: set the set the recorder so that you can watch one well, of the other games
1: uh, yeah i I'm gonna yeah. miss. Uh, I'll be in. Uh, I'll be on a plane on Saturday night when the Raiders play the Eels. Um, that's a game that would have been much better on a Sunday afternoon. But anyway, I mean, it is what it is. Look, yeah. it raises questions feel.
0: about the scheduling and whatnot, doesn't it?
1: Well, it does. Um, I know it's done at the start of the year. But generally, the four or five time slot on a Sunday is, is not the number eight game of the round. No,
0: no it's uh, usually Channel 9 yeah. wanting a ratings game.
1: Yeah. And they've not got it with this. Mm. Um, far from it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Two of the worst teams in the NRL. <laughs> clashing. Uh, um, they couldn't even, you know, they, they don't have the Sunday night game now, like, yeah, what's the two o'clock game on a Sunday? That offers a bit more. The Dragons and the Warriors mm. that offers a bit more. Um, but yeah, I guess oh, I don't know. Uh, I've got to tip the Cowboys because it's up there, and because they've got Drinkwater and Valentine Holmes, and yep. you know you got quality and Talmalolo coming back. They won last week's game in the same time slot, um, Sunday afternoon. Uh, They're coming up against a team that, well, to be honest, is not good. Um, You can't sugarcoat it. They're the only team on no points. They will see this as their opportunity to get off the duck egg. Um, And part of me wants to see that, but another part of me just wants that duck egg to just remain. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They're not not playing well enough to deserve to get off that duck egg. No, they're not. If they're
0: playing good footy and you'd say they've been unlucky, you'd go, oh, geez, you know, it'd be good to get a win. But they're they're not playing good footy. They're not a good team.
1: I think someone like a Dean Pay, who'd been at this club for a few years, and, and well and truly in the doldrums, be thinking and looking at it saying, well, okay, they weren't real good under me, but I think they did a little bit better than what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, with maybe you might see a slightly better roster. Yeah,
0: true. Um, a few, few good signings that came in this year.
1: Yes. Like Corey Allen, for example, was a, he was really good at the at the rabbit holes.
0: He played That's Origin awesome. at the end of last year. He played
1: Origin, he set up yep. tries. Um but you know they bought him as a as a number one, and now he's he's they they shifted him to the wing, and now he's in yeah, the centres. Nick Kotrick. Kotrick as a centre and now. He's on the wing. Yep. Not a, I don't know. Flanagan's
0: I mean, come in to the side.
1: Yeah, That's... Jack Hetherington. Yeah, a few. Waddell's come uh, over. Corey Waddell. Handling. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't get excited about this team at all. Um, I'm, i have to tip someone i'm gonna tip the cowboys because i just think they've got they've got a couple of class players there who will should should i can't say will should get them over the line yeah. um against a team that that has really struggled in 2021 to stop opposition scoring and and to actually put points on themselves which way are you lean graham
0: um, we'll go Cowboys, purely, you know, they've uh, yeah, there were glimpses last week where the Cowboys played some exciting football, admittingly it was against the Tigers, the, the fact that they let the Tigers back into that game was a huge concern for them, I, I couldn't believe it, I, you know, at half time I'm thinking, oh yeah, you know. This, this game, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, if anyone in the tipping comp went, went against the Tigers to see if there was an outlier there and if it affected any games. But I just... The Bulldogs, up until last week, you just couldn't see any points in them. They got a couple of tries last week, okay, but they just, they just can't score points. And you can't win football games if you can't score points. It's in Townsville, they've got to travel... So it's going to be a... I think it'll be a tough afternoon for the Dogs, and unfortunately, it's one of those games where we're looking at it and trying to choose which team is worse rather than uh, which team's better, and I think the Bulldogs um, have been more disappointing than the Cowboys thus far. So, I'll tip the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep, so... Well, that's the games uh, all previewed for this week. Um, So there's a bit of a mixed bag this week. We've got some some really good quality games, uh, obviously Friday night's the the standout, I think, with the Storm and the Roosters, uh, and definitely one to look out for, and there's also some opportunities, I think, this week for, for teams like Manly to show whether they can continue their good form, and also the Dragons, so uh, plan to keep people interested this week, Griffo?
1: There are some really good games uh, listed for this week, and uh, as we said, there's uh, some others that you know they're not going to boost the ratings for for the broadcasters that's for sure yeah uh, it might be only uh followers of those teams tuning in and mm. not too many else yep
0: just uh sort of reiterates that divide we've been talking about in the competition between the top teams and the bottom teams yeah yeah quite evident this year oh well, thanks for joining us this week everyone um as i said keep an eye out for uh for shano He's um, um
1: just on Shane uh, O oh, you probably got the same message I just got, Graham.
0: Yes, yes, he's uh he does have his ear to the ground, doesn't he? So I'll I'll tell our listeners now as we record this, this is uh we're we're six thirty PM on a Tuesday night. Uh the news Shane is hearing is that John Morris is gone from the Sharks effective immediately. Now, whilst we were podcasting there was news breaking that um Fitzgibbon had signed for 2022. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, that that might even indicate, Griffo, there's a possibility that Fitzgibbon, even if he does come next year, they might be looking at a caretaker to take Morris's you know? job. I, look, I don't know. It makes no sense to me, but what Shane is hearing, he's just sent us through. Um, he's hearing that Morris is gone from the Sharks, effective oh, immediately. Crazy. Madness, crazy. Anyway, well, Neither,
1: uh, well, that's that's going to lock in Newcastle for me for that. You know, I was I'm in an hour yep. in which where I was going to go. I'm yep. I'm locking in the Knights now. Yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, they be... might still lose, but
0: how do you keep a season on oh. track? Round five, round no. 5 oh, you'd be... and
1: it's not like they've been playing crap. No,
0: if if they're in the position that the dogs are in, you'd you'd say okay, they want to start to turn around this year and get something out of this year, but Absolutely. Oh, they're, they're, if you ask me, I think they're throwing their hands up and basically riding this year off, which isn't fair to um
1: oh, the players. Josh Honey. Josh Hennay to take over.
0: That's the talk. Wow. There you go. So Henna to finish off the season is what we're hearing, and then Fitzgibbon has signed on for twenty twenty two.
1: That is one of the most stupid decisions I've ever seen. I mean bizarre. That it's like you think it was the West Tigers, you know? or something like that could be graham's gaff next week oh i I cannot understand that at all no anyway the guy has done a good job yep he's obviously upset someone in the sharks administration but yeah
0: there's got to be someone higher up that doesn't like him and because as we know the players those below the players the players love him
1: the Um, fans seem to like him too like
0: him who knows they anyway. might see
1: the you know Cronulla riots, Mark Two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. If you're
0: a fan, if like neither us a Cronulla fans, If you're a Cronulla fan, you're um, you're dumbfounded at this. Like you said, you you've used words like stupid, and I I, I can't believe it. Anyway,
1: they're throwing away 2020. What do you do? They're just yep. throw, sorry, 2021. They are throwing it in the garbage bin. Yep. And oh. I, I don't understand it because they were a legitimate. Top eight chance this yep. year yep. with a, a team that was all working together under Coach Morris. Oh, I just think it's insane.
0: Currently sitting, I know it's only early and we don't, you know, as we said, the ladder's not necessarily an indication just yet. But as you said before, Griffo, it matters. They're sitting in ninth. They are two points out of the eight. They are the best team sitting on four points in regards to four and against. It's baffling. They could be in the eight by the, by this time next week. It blows yeah. my mind. Anyway, there we plenty are. to keep our eye on this week.
1: Thanks to Shano for... Few... Oh,
0: yeah, he's got his ear to the ground. So He does. He does. Listen into our special edition this week when Shano updates us all with his tidbits. He'll also give his tips... And um yeah, so that's definitely something to look forward to that special
1: edition. But um I think he even have a run or something uh <laughs> you'd think. He could do. He could do.
0: We'll see how he goes and neither of us will be there to stop him, so who knows uh, how long that might go on for. You know, I look <laughs> oh, forward to hearing it. From Griffo and Graham, it's uh it's goodbye and we hope that you enjoy your week. Take care, everyone.
1: Goodbye. Enjoy the Rugby League.